Welcome, everyone, to Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. I am one of your hosts, Bryant. Joining me is the the duo that makes the trio, uh, Cammy and Peter. Hello, Peter. Hello, sir. Welcome back. Thank and you. Cammy, hello. Hello, Bryant. Welcome hello, back. Peter. Thank you. <laughs> Happy birthday, Cammy. Happy birthday, Peter. Thank you. Yes, today is the celebratory Podicus Magnus Anniversaire. That was French. I was trying to remember how to say <laughs> ver, like year in Latin. I, I know Annie, Anno. I don't know. Anno. Gebertstag in uh, German. Yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> so, everyone, this is Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. Every week, we're going to find some kind of myth, legend, epic, or what have you, give you the story and then give you some history to try and explain it. Uh, and this is a Podicus Magnus episode, which means that Peter's here, of course, and that's pretty much the only difference. The main show is me and Cammy. That's how it works. And we just uh, get all nice and named up for when Peter comes and, and joins us. But yes, we, we have two birthdays. Happy birthday. Um, you guys... We're both born in July, which uh, this part of July, which mm-hmm. means that you guys are cancers. Yes, not are, the yes. fatal disease, but no the mythological zodiac the, character with creature a, with a strong, elegant story that we'll get into soon. Oh yes. <laughs> so that's what today's episode is. So um. We we were discussing what we should talk about. The birthdays are coming up. We haven't touched on horoscopes. There's definitely a lot of myth there, uh, especially like the, the zodiac signs. Their stories are really interesting, and I, I think that we've all we're all kind of excited to get into it. So I know Cammy's gonna lead off. Cammy, why don't you set us up with what's up? Sure. So I am doing Leo the Lion, which is July 23rd through August 22nd. And I got my information from uh, perseus.tufts.edu, and it was the Nemean Lion uh, section. Leo was the first of Hercules's 12 labors. King Eurystheus wanted, wanted its hide, and Hercules, wishing to atone for his sins, agreed. He arrived in Nemea and quickly began his quest. The animal he sought was no ordinary lion, fierce as ordinary lions are. No, this lion had an impenetrable hide. Hercules tracked the beast by finding its footprints and following fresh kills. He searched for days. Finally, he spotted the animal, and at this moment, Hercules realized the lion's supernatural strength. An arrow, quickly drawn and fired, hit its target in the chest, but it bounced off the thick skin and lay broken on the ground. He wasted no time in attacking the beast again, but a second arrow shattered upon impact. Frustrated, Hercules grabbed his club and made haste after the foe. The lion retreated to a cave. Hercules noticed there were two exits, so he found a boulder and blocked one of them. He then entered the cave with his club at the ready. The lion was tricky and weaved through the many passages, itself ready to strike, but Hercules spotted the beast and ran towards it, striking a mighty blow. This did nothing to harm the lion. It quickly tackled Hercules and wrestled with him. No bared fangs or mighty claws met his flesh, and Hercules was able to gain his footing. He grabbed at the lion and drew the beast close. The animal fought for air as Hercules strangled him with his bare hands. 
After the fight, our hero tried to skin the animal, but he could not pierce the hide, so he took the entire corpse back to the king. It was then that Eurytheus suggested taking the lion's own claw and using it to pierce the hide. This worked, and Hercules had a new look to show off. Zeus rewarded the lion for its fierceness in battle by placing his body into the sky. And that's how we got the constellation Leo. Cool. Oh, very nice. I guess that means, I think Kinley's a Leo. <sighs> Since she was born in late August, so that perfectly describes her journey of life, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and and Hercules was actually responsible for the murder of a of a, another sign of the Zodiac. Is that, isn't that right, Cammie? Yes, that is correct. The sign that Peter and I share, which is cancer. Uh, do we have the dates on cancer? Does anybody have the dates? Ooh, no, not a, not a fan. <laughs> okay. Right, right now. <laughs> yeah. So mid July, right guys. Uh, if you're listening later, it's probably not right now. But <laughs> uh, June twenty second, July twenty second. Thank you. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. So yeah, basically with that, it's a very short story. So Hercules is fighting his second labor the hydra and hera who's a very jealous uh you know goddess in general she sends she finds this little creature on the ground and it's a crab and she tells the crab to go over and attack hercules so he can't win against the hydra and the crab does this. He bites his toe, and then Hercules quickly steps on it and kills it. <laughs> and Hera flings the crab into the sky, and that's how we got cancer. That was off the top of my head, but no, that's great. On Wikipedia, <laughs> yeah, way more interesting than the actual story, probably. <laughs> that's really Maybe. funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not a, not a particularly heroic character. Yeah. Unlike unlike Cammy and myself. Well, how many? <laughs> I mean, how many uh, times have either of us fought Hercules? I mean, come on, that was pretty heroic—the tiny crab fighting this huge warrior. Yeah, it's like you know, I've, I've been on a, I went on a big hike last week. That was a uh, Herculean. That crab is definitely a Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, Cammy, thank you for the Nemean lion story of Leo. Um, Peter, I know you've got a combo, right? Sort of. I'm I'm going to be talking about uh, Scorpio. Right. Uh, and Scorpio is October 23rd through November 21st mm-hmm. on the uh, zodiac calendar. Uh, and Scorpio's story is entangled with the hunter Orion and Orion is also a really recognizable constellation. So uh, I'm going to be focusing on Orion and his encounter uh, with Scorpio. Uh, And I'm using a Roman source. I'm using uh, Ovid's Fasti. Um, So I'm going to be using the Roman name for the gods. So uh, Jupiter is Zeus, Neptune is Poseidon, etc. So, um, but if you, if you know your Greek mythology, these are going to be very uh, recognizable characters. So the story of Scorpio is inextricably entangled with the story of Orion. One tale follows the other just as their great constellations chase each other across the night sky. In 8 AD, the Roman poet Ovid published the Fasti, 
often referred to as the Book of Days or on the Roman calendar. The Fasti is a series of poems dedicated to the months of the year, which had been renamed just a few years earlier by Julius Caesar into what we now call the Julian calendar. Ovid pays particular attention to the star formations that dominate the heavens during certain months. On May 11th, he wrote a poem about the great hunter Orion, whose great belt of stars was recognizable to even the most amateur of astronomers. And here's the story of Orion. One day, the gods Jupiter, Neptune, and Mercury were out walking together in Boeotia. They had taken on the appearance of common travelers, and dusk was fast approaching. An old farmer spotted the travelers while plowing his fields. He was about to finish his work for the day and invited the travelers to join him for a simple meal. As they entered the farmer's home, the gods noticed only a small pot of beans and another of garden herbs simmering by the heat of a single smoldering log. The farmer fetched a bottle of young wine and bent to fill the cup of Neptune. By rights, Jupiter should be served first, said the god of the sea. The farmer paled at the mention of Jupiter. He could not serve the god such a humble meal. The farmer slaughtered his only ox, the one that pulled his plow, and built a great fire to roast the meat. He fetched a bottle of wine he had hidden away when he was still a boy. He brought bales of hay and covered them with linen for the gods to recline on. The gods feasted and drank late into the night. Finally, Jupiter turned to the farmer and offered him a gift. Whatever the man would ask for Jupiter would give him. The farmer had married his true love, but she had died many years ago. He had sworn never to marry again, but wanted very much to be a father. The gods rose as one and strode outside to where the skin of the ox had been thrown. They each took a turn relieving themselves on the skin. They instructed the farmer to bury the skin and in ten months a child would emerge. When they had parted ways with the farmer and they resumed with that they parted ways with the farmer and resumed their journey. And indeed, in ten months a young boy did emerge from the ground where the hide was buried. Never one to pass up an easy joke, Ovid wrote that the boy's father named him Urion because of his crude origins. But <laughs> but this pronunciation has fallen from usage. Orion grew quickly into gigantic proportions, and he was said to be the most handsome of the earthborn. His godlike appetites drove him to become a great hunter. His skill with a bow was nearly unmatched. He also carried a massive club that he used to dispatch large game. In no time at all, he had killed all the wild game in his homeland, and he was cast out and left to wander, searching for adventure. Having been spawned from divine urine, Orion possessed some godlike powers. Orion was gifted with both great size and great strength, and his, and his blessing from Neptune allowed him to walk on water. During his wanderings, he is said to have created the Strait of Sicily by dragging his great club across the Italian peninsula. Eventually, Orion's great skill with a bow and handsome face attracted Diana, the goddess of the hunt. The two became constant companions, traveling and hunting together. Diana's twin brother, Apollo, became jealous of their relationship and began plotting to rid his sister 
of Orion's pesky attentions. But it must be done in secret. Diana must never know that Apollo was involved. One day, as Apollo spied down on his twin sister from within a cloud, he heard Orion boast that there was no animal on earth he could not kill. Apollo knew this boast had sealed Orion's fate. Apollo paid a visit to Terra, the goddess of the earth, and told her of Orion's proud claim. Terra was enraged and set about to create a beast to slay the haughty hunter. She began by making a huge armored body, impervious to swords and arrows and bristling with spikes. Six powerful legs with feet like spearheads would convey the creature across any terrain. Two massive claws to grip and tear its prey and feed it into its foaming, mandibled mouth. Finally, a whip-like tail tipped with a poison spike. She called the creature Scorpio, and she filled it with an unquenchable hatred for the hunter Orion. One day, as Orion and Diana were tracking game, another, was, another hunter was following their trail. Scorpio leapt between the pair of hunters and turned its hideous gaze on the proud Orion. Orion tried to bash in the giant's thick armor with his club, while Diana's arrows bounced harmlessly off the creature. The battle raged until all the combatants were nearly exhausted. Finally, Scorpio snatched each of, each of Orion's arms in its crushing claws. A th a flick of its poisoned tail sent a deadly sting deep into the proud hunter's heart. Orion was dead. Diana carried Orion's body to the halls of Mount Olympus, begging her father Jupiter to place Orion among the stars so she could never so she could forever look upon him. Jupiter agreed, but with the condition that Scorpio also be placed in the heavens to memorial memorialize their great battle. And they live there still. Orion can be seen between January and March. The three bright stars that form his belt are some of the most recognizable of the constellations. A chain of fainter stars form his sheathed sword, and another chain forms his arm holding aloft his mighty club. Scorpio follows Orion eternally across the night sky. The great scorpion can be seen in July and August. The constellation resembles a great fishing hook, with the tip of the hook forming Scorpio's poison stinger, and the great red star Antares burning as his eyes. I feel a certain kinship with this story. Um, when I was a boy, my parents uh, had a sailboat named Orion, so I kind of grew up, you know, hearing stories about him, and and you know they they would point out his his constellation in the sky, but I, I never knew some of the like the 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 urine story. I, I thought was <laughs> I've never really, never yeah. encountered that before. That's really good. I like that a lot. Yeah. Okay, so now's my turn. And what what I'm I'm not talking about a specific horoscope. I kind of wanted to look into all of this stuff in general. And I say that because it's it's hard to like pinpoint am I talking about horoscopes? Am I talking about zodiacs? Am I talking about astrology? Yes, that's that's the answer. <laughs> um and I'm I'm gonna try I'm gonna try I'm gonna make an attempt to to uh, for everyone who listens to this to walk away a, a little more knowledge on all of this. So but bear with me because this is uh extremely deep and the reason why it's extremely deep is because all of this dates back to like the third millennium. This is when oh wow our modern 
Western and Eastern Zodiac signs date to. Uh, and that's the, the Sumero-Babylonian cultures of Mesopotamia. That's where it really roots down to. Um, I mean, you know, you're, it's this was a, a time of humanity really rising up, civilization rising up. Uh, the Sumerians had a great writing system, uh, early writing system that the Babylonians inherited in, in a lot of ways. And the, the, the astrology was important. I mean, that you look up and the same, you see the same patterns and systems. And so you, you, you find the patterns, you name them and it helps you identify things and helps you move. Um, for, for, it helps you move, it helps you study them. And then, uh, in a nutshell, so when a kid's born, you look up at the sky, you see sort of the, you, you've named these, these zodiacs, these, these quadrants of the heavens. And when your kid's born, you kind of look and see what the, uh, I guess you'd say like imaginary, the lines that you've sort of made, the quadrants that you've made, the planes that you've identified. And you're like, oh, well, I can see the, the, the ram, the Aries, the, so my kid, he's going to headbutt someone one day. Um, that's kind of, that's, that's it. So guys, thanks for listening to mystery. Um, no, uh, that's it in a nutshell. That's Bryant's version of the history, but it, it is true. So from the Sumerians and then the Babylonians, the, the ancient Hellens inherited all this as well. And, you know, this, this goes through a long, many, many years, but the Hellens sort of take this. Uh, what's interesting, so I, I copied – now, I'll, I'll go over my sources too because I, I kept it pretty simple. I tried to go kind of deep, but it's impossible. I, you have, you've got to go to the Britannica, Wikipedia. Um, there's a, a good website that I found, ancientknowledge.com. That's pretty awesome, right? Um, <laughs> and then it was funny too because there's this – when I was searching, I found this funny website thing. It's it's spaceplace.nasa.gov, and it's like a explanation of astrology for kids. Um and it has really funny, like 2003 clip art on the website. And I really like that. But when I was looking through, there's a great table on Wikipedia that shows you the uh, some astrological signs. And it'll give you the Latin, Greek, English translation, Sanskrit name, and Sumero-Babylonian name. And the similarities are striking. Uh, so... You know, we the the lion, the Nemean lion uh, story that that Cami just regaled us, is the Greek version of the Sumero-Babylonian because this this quadrant, this zodiac, this this piece of the sky, was already named lion by the Sumero-Babylonians, and this is their explanation of it. And this pretty much serves the same. So, the Babylonian name for the constellation of Cancer is uh, as a Sumerian Babylonian word for crayfish, and this goes on and on. Gemini, uh, the ancient name is Great Twins. Um, uh, it, it goes on like that. So uh, that's so uh, interesting. I had no idea. Yes. Yeah, so you you may you may think that that it's like oh the Greeks, but it's yes the Greeks really started. I mean obviously because their writing system and just the way how history and time works um we're able to recover those from them but their stories are rooted in this ancient uh this ancient 
uh, naming that was already there. So I, I like to think Cammy and I just did an episode um, coming up soon on Medusa, and we talk about how ancient the concept of the the Gorgon is and how it really predates um, the Hellens. And this made me think of of that, like maybe the Gorgon was some kind of a like Sumerian thing that just a, you know a monster that passed down. Anyway, that's fascinating. It's like it's like these stories you know, already existed. And they're like, well, hey, why don't we make this a Hercules story? You know, it's exactly it's like the story was already there and they just kind of fill in the blanks with whatever gods or heroes they uh, that that were applicable at the time. Absolutely. So cool. Yeah. And Ovid, you know, Ovid's a great I'm really glad you did Ovid's because that's uh, a, a great, you know, skip hundreds more years and then mm-hmm. you're still discussing it and stuff like that. But, you know, we discussed it's tough to. So. I, I had to kind of like dumb it down for myself to kind of get into it. So, you know, there's, there's the Zodiac is the naming of these constellations. It's it's the identification of these constellations. And it was important to do that just because, I mean, to, 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 to name the world, that's, you know, that's like geography in a sense. And astrology was the ancient form of geography for the sky, uh, for mm-hmm. the heavens. So it's good to identify the world around you and it's meaningful and you see these patterns, it makes it easier. And then your your culture will get injected into that, of course. And that's kind of the astrology. Now, astrology is extremely prevalent today. Um, some people think it's a total hoax. Some people do not. Uh, whole cultures are really focused on it, especially in Asia, um, all throughout Asia, as in East, West, uh, India, China, obviously. Um there are different kind of versions of zodiacs, but what's interesting is sort of like everyone. I, again, the, I mean, it was so important to to get this knowledge. So everyone at all, many old civilizations did this. They they did identify, and they all kind of follow similar stories. Um, what's Does really cool. Does everyone know what their um, Chinese zodiac is? I don't. Do you, Peter? I don't, and they're in like a different. Yeah, you know, they have whole. Yeah, like it's, it's an it's entire like year. year yeah. Yes. Yeah, of course. Right. <laughs> um. So it and that's what's what's. So yeah, it goes on, and and usually the patterns are either that it's a twelve. There's twelve zodiac or twelve constellations that like this. There's so you you kind of have like the the horoscope, uh, which comes from um. Uh, a Greek word meaning like time observer, aura scopos. Hmm. It, it either so if you kind of look at like a, a, an image of like the Earth and the constellations, it'll kind of look kind of like a clock in a way, and in the way that the constellations are patched out, and there's sort of like an arrow pointing to the constellation. So that's kind of how you know, oh, I'm a Scorpio because the arrow was pointing at Scorpio when I was born, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's So that's kind of the way of the, like these imaginary lines, the planes, the way it's designated and stuff like that. And for Zodiac, the meaning of it is uh, the Roman, uh, the Roman uh, Latinized version of the Greek. It, for Romans, it was Zodiacus. Um, Greek, it was uh, Zodiacos Kiklos. Uh, which was cycle or circle of of little animals. So that is so cute. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. and the Greek uh, and zoion is uh, a Greek word meaning animal. So the the zodiacos is like a diminutive version. Which brings me to uh, I, it wouldn't be an episode of mystery if I didn't mention a video game or anime or something like that. Uh, <laughs> I, when I read that, I immediately thought of the old anime. It's not super prevalent now. Zoids. Do you guys remember this? Oh yeah, 
Yeah. I, I don't. So it's basically I know you know Gundam, Cami, the you know uh, Japanese yeah, anime like, um, robots in space robots, yeah. fighting. Yeah, you're piloting them. Very dramatic. Zoids was like a, a younger version of that. Um, more kid like like preteeny friendly. And it was just set on Earth for the most part. And the the Gundams, instead of being like humanoid mech suits, they were based off of animals. Mm-hmm. So you'd be piloting like a uh, a tiger mech, a giant tiger mech that had weapons and stuff like that. And and I was like, oh, Zoids, that's coming from this Greek Zoioion, you know. Anyway, that's that was my aside. This concludes Brian's anime reference for that's the awesome. podcast. Yeah, yeah, I just thought that was really cool. Uh, but going on, so so I, I hope we have an understanding of sort of the, the zodiac is sort of the naming of the constellation it's it's this identification system horoscope is this observation of this placement that's that's kind of the generalization now there is um astrological um horoscope astrology that's the word i was looking for there is horoscope astrology which kind of does infringe on the modern astronomy it it, it tries to sort of explain and observe Around the around the 17th century, when with the prominence of heliocentrism and and the Enlightenment coming, the shift away from astrology started to occur, and sort of you know it's tough. Astrology is very injected with the the mysticism and religious and faith based parts of astrology. So and again, you know, this was a the secularization secularization of sciences and things like that was more popular. And so we we have this modern take. I I hope think what you will if the email that you get from horoscope.com matters. Uh, For a lot of people, it does. But there's there's a a deep rooted importance. I mean, astronomy today, God, we we wouldn't be able to name we like so many of our names for stars and planets come from the ancient times, these periods, and and a lot of this is just kind of astrology did half the homework. We just sort of changed the direction of how things go. I'm not going to talk about what astronomy is because I don't know, uh, other than the basic what it is. So, well, you, you kind of you kind of you know made reference to it, like you know when when, when these stories were taken taking shape you know there was this perception that you know everything revolved around the earth um and of course during the enlightenment we've like as you mentioned the heliocentric that the thing that we're actually orbiting the sun um but we still hang on to a lot of celestial ideas that were established back then you know the the idea of the the spheres moving and right and that's that's so that's a big thing like there there's this uh thing called the procession of the equinoxes uh, basic a, a big thing too. I mentioned that a lot of the societies would have either 12 or 24 sort of like uh, constellation, you know, like zodiac maps for this uh, phenomenon uh, or this explanation. There's actually a 13th one that the Babylonians decided to just kind of like this doesn't fit, so we're not going to actually talk about it. It's um oh what is it Ophiricus Ophiricus. There's there's a 13th constellation. Like if if you yeah yeah yeah. So it's but like it doesn't fit well, so they just kind of like they they divide it evenly into twelve, so that way it works. And that that was a that goes back to the Babylonians. The Greeks were like, yep, that works too. Thirteen's well, not not fun. Before um, uh, Caesar made two extra months, um, the, weren't there ten? I'm pretty sure there were ten. There there could and have then, been a recognition of ten. Well, then, I. 
you know, if you think, I mean, these were all, it just, well, it just depends on the perspective. But it was like right. added to the Zodiac later. Hmm. Well, but it, it was recognized in the Babylonian Sumero Zodiac and oh, the Hellenistic. Okay. Right, yeah. No, all the the Babylonians for sure recognized, thir- like we know from, from ancient writings, cave scribbles, tablets, that there were 13 constellations. But when dividing them, you know, the, the way you want to, 12 just works. It, it just fits better as an even number. And That's it's easy to divide it getting my cancer information from wikipedia <laughs> no and, and if you if you look around it, it works uh, again like it, it gets at things uh, it all depends on on the culture and the time period and i'll, I'll so i'll kind of go in because there is uh hindu astrology which um is it's really there's a real so there's a little side here i have um hindu astrology is really interesting because uh, this this French dude, French historian um, who died in 1799, his name was Montucla. He posited that the uh, the Greek Empire state of Bactria, which had kind of a connection to India, it was sort of in that Mesopotamia area. Um, through that connection, that Greek Empire connection to India, the 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 populations that that were in India at that time inherited. And and took in the Greek um, concepts of uh, zodiac and and astrology in a sense. So Hindu zodiac is what it's called. And what's really cool is um, while while the names are extremely different and and the symbolisms, uh, the symbol one, one of the zodiac is Danu, which means bow, and it corresponds directly to Sagittarius, hmm. which. Right, um, which you know is is depicted holding uh, an archer, and Kumba means water pitcher and corresponds to Aquarius, the water carrier. Wow. So, so there there's a bunch of direct connections. So I mean, like you can you can draw a line from Sumero Babylonian zodiac all the way into you know a, a sprouting root system that goes to um, Hindu, uh, Greek, and even so uh, during like um, a, a lot of uh, Arab-based nations, it, like astrology and things like that, were forbidden. But it was it was kind of necessary to like at least know where the stars are because you're traveling at night in the desert and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And and they kind of borrowed these these working systems as well for identification. Um, and and of course a, a huge one is the Chinese zodiac, which is ultra complicated um, in a lot of ways. And it, it's the the ancient uh, uh, knowledge.net website or ancient wisdom. Um, it it does say that there's a, a suggestion of China inheriting the Indo-European concept that's totally plausible because all of a lot of I mean, like it, it's very plausible, but I don't think there's I, I couldn't find anything that really definitively said uh, showed us a connection other than just really old history time. That's really it. So, but the timeline of when the zodiac system actually became prominent. Um, it it, it kind of makes sense. We actually talked about in the Guan Yu episode we just did on the main show um, of the Han Dynasty, which predates like uh, 200 BC to 280, and and that's actually when the Chinese zodiac and astrology really flourished and and became what it is known today. Uh, really cool though. There aren't uh, too many other connections other than 12. There's some other unique things that that make it its own that that really separate it from Western. Uh, astrology and zodiac uh, understandings and stuff like that so um guys i I think that essentially 
takes what I wanted to cover. I, I feel like I've barely scratched the surface, but I think I, I, what I didn't, what I wanted to do for myself was kind of understand the difference between Zodiac horoscope and astrology. Mm-hmm. What all, what, cause the, they, they seemed very interchangeable and in some ways they are and they're all related, but they're, they're sort of independent too, um, as well. And especially like astrology is its own sort of thing. I, I, Think of it what you will. There, there's different versions of it. What I didn't realize there's natal, mundane, electional, horary. These are different methods that astrologers use. So it's, it's extremely. My are always uh, the, that are into this are always asking, "What time were you born?" Like, right. yeah, yeah, what time mm-hmm. of day? And I, I don't know. <laughs> right. I don't have any idea. Yeah, I, my, I was there, so but I don't remember. One of the one of the astrology like. Uh, the, one of the four main branches of astrology is mundane, which I thought was funny, but mun, mundus is a Roman word meaning the world. So if something is mundane, that's kind of the etymology there. And it, it kind of corresponds things like um, an earth, like geolo- geological phenomena and the heavens. So like when an earthquake happened, you quickly look up at the sky and you're like, wait, what's there? What's the, what's the imaginary arrow pointing at or the invisible arrow pointing at? Right. Um, right. So it's it's cool. Again, there's there's super regardless of what you think of of astrology, if you think it's a hoax or whatever, there's it, it's super rooted. It's insane the the dissemination of the zodiac into all cultures uh, in a way, and the prevalence of it all today is is extremely apparent. So uh, my ramble is over. Um, go watch Zoids. That's the conclusion of this. <laughs> it's a really fun anime, uh, you know, friendly for kids, but it's it's got some adult themes too that are really cool. So, <laughs> awesome. Brian, I have there some, is. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I, I had a couple of final thoughts. Um, we could certainly come back to this. You know, I feel like again, like we've just kind of scratched the surface. There, you know, there are nine more, you know, mm-hmm. Zodiac characters that we haven't addressed. And um, just kind of a final thought, something I've been thinking about. Um, if you had to boil down like the essential theme of this podcast, it's about like exploring how you know the interconnectedness of all these world myths. And I think what we're what we're seeing here, and I've never thought about this before. These might be some of the oldest stories. Ever. I mean, like, you know, you can think back to, you know, before written records, before we have anything, you know, even before cave painting, before maybe even the 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 control of fire, that looking up at the stars and connecting them and forming stories might be like one of the oldest forms of storytelling yeah. in, in human history. It's amazing. Well, right. The sky <clears throat> is like the biggest thing. In right. the yeah. Life. It's a text. The, the sky is mm-hmm. is writing that wasn't able to get pillaged or broken or decay essentially yeah and and that's that's the, I think that's a really great point uh, Peter we talk about the the word mytheme a lot on the show and a mytheme is sort of these recurring ideas and it's sort of this is kind of like kind of flips that in a way because it's it's more of the sky is a base for all the stories because you identify a shape you give that shape a story and again it's so essential to 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 map the world, to, to understand the world so you can just survive in it and, and navigate. And it's just cool how the story, like the, 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 the cancer was always this, this, uh, you know, crustacean thing, but it changes for, for many. So yeah. What a great point, Peter. Thanks. Good stuff. Yeah. So I was just, Brian, I'm a little bit disappointed that you didn't accuse Ted Kaczynski of being the Zodiac killer. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's well, really I think we have, have, he's still around. He's uh, currently in American politics, I believe. Isn't that correct? <laughs> no, um, Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. 
No, I know. I remember, you know, the, the joke is <laughs> Ted, Ted Cruz. Cruz. Yeah. Yeah. That was his dad, right? That was the Zodiac? No, <laughs> I don't think so. I think it was he's him. A, I don't know. Right. <laughs> he he no, was like a good. baby. That tracks. <laughs> Right. I mean, if there is any baby that could be a serial killer, it's Ted it, Cruz. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, uh, Cammy, thanks for coming on the show uh, again uh, yeah. for f- 51 episodes straight. <laughs> Peter, Not it's a problem <laughs> on my birthday, no less. <laughs> right. Yes. Please wish Cammy and Peter happy birthday, uh, belatedly or not. Um well, guys, uh, P- and Peter, thank you as well. Your stories are always fantastic. We really appreciate it. Uh, uh, and everyone, yeah, mystery with an IE, please let us know what you think. Uh, our Facebook group is picking up uh, pace. Um, you can take a look at us there. I do. We do have a, a, an infancy stage Reddit that's that's working its way up to being something better. And uh, you can always email us at mystery at gmail.com. We, we always appreciate any just feedback for the show or any suggestions that you have for myths, especially we, we were really looking for local myths. We recently did a episode called Suburban Legends. If you haven't listened to that, it was really, really fun. And it was all like locally sourced, smaller kind of bite-sized stories. So please check that out. That was a lot of fun. And, and let us know your stories. They can really be anything. So uh, thanks again, everyone. We will see you next time. Oh.